Okay, you are entering Not Nosy, Just Curious podcast, where this aging warrior on the brink of a seventh decade has playful banter about nondescript subjects. And today we have this advisor, Billy. Now, what does that mean to advise, Billy? What is that? Well, I represent young athletes and I advise them with the proper information, what they'll need to go on to junior and college. Well, what kind of advice? Well, you know, I've coached this game. I've been around hockey my whole life. 50 years of coaching, scouting at all levels. I ran the Little Caesars AAA program for 25 years. I scouted for the Red Wings. Scouted well, for, what does that mean for me? As a, well, what, what do you advise? I, I'm just tell, explaining to you that I was heavily involved in the game of hockey at all levels, you know, college, junior. You know, I've helped at every level. Coached the uh, 18 youth hockey, which is the highest youth last year of youth hockey for over 20 years and placed a lot of kids in the college and junior. So when I retired from the Red Wings, which was Little Caesars AAA hockey, uh, I went into advising. So, so, But what do you advise? Well, I advise the young athlete and the parents the, a path of which every which, which your kid can take. Every kid has a different path. And they all, you know, my job is to educate them on the pass, the teams, the level. You know, obviously most of my kids want to go to college. So that's our goal is to get them to college. And, you know, most of them are, you know, four or five years away from college. So we have to keep them involved at different levels. And Well, what can I expect from your advice? What, well, you're going to get the, you're going to get the right information. You know, you, I mean, everybody can go online and say, I want to try out for this team and try out but what happens if you don't make that team? can you fast track my career with your advice uh, i don't think so it's it's basically up to the up to the player how much he puts into it my job is to educate him how to do that so in yeah. other words you just open the doors i open some doors and i teach him that this is what it takes to be a junior player or a college player the time and effort most kids don't understand you know they all they see when they say they want to go to college they see the university of michigan or michigan state because they're local you know, there's 70 some division one schools. They all want to play division one, but they're not even aware that there's over 600 colleges around the United States universities that offer some sort of an assistance, you know? So my job is to show, show them the opportunities. So do you only deal with higher end players? No, we deal with all levels. I mean, I'm, I'm not an agent agents. Yeah. Explain that to me. Yeah, what agents, is the agents deal with the, with the higher end player. They, what they go after is the top kids in the area who they feel is going to play in the National Hockey League. So what they would do, an agent would go after, say there's 20 kids at that age bracket that are really good. They'll go after all those kids, put them in their umbrella. You know, they don't charge, but they keep them under their umbrella till they get to college, which till they get to pros, which is, you know, three to five years from now. And then some kids fizzle out, and then by that time, you know, they'll just push them aside, and, you know, they'll take the kids that continue to grow, and, you know, by the end of the day, there's probably only 10% of those kids they've signed. So if I have an agent, can I hire an advisor also? Yes. So no that. stepping on no toes, no, I mean, it's all good faith. There's no. Well, the, the agent would probably have a heart attack with that. But the. But I know. mean, don't you as a consumer get what you pay for? You pay nothing to the agent until there's a big contract signed. Yes. So you if get no attention. Contract. Yeah. If, no, they get attention. They, they'll, they'll follow them. But if, if the kid starts progressive, degressing, then you'll see the, the agent sort of step away. Because he's got no ponies in there. Yeah. Really. So, yeah, so, so, no. so, yeah. So I'm saying the the issue with some of these kids is they, they put all their faith in this agent. And then three years from now, the agent says, well, you're not 
ready for the NHL, so got to go another place. Well, they missed three years of development, oh, three years of, of education to get them to schools or get them into juniors. Or, you know, you know that's why we're here as advisors to tell them that there's different ways to go. Do you think the advising market is kind of saturated now that everybody thinks they can be an advisor, that they know enough people to, to well, do that? Well, it's, you know, if some kids are, you know, some young kids getting involved, which are good, you know, they're aggressive. But if, if you don't play the game and don't know the ropes, it's pretty hard to be in this business and, and offer advice if you don't really experience that advice. But do you find that to be the case these days when you're... No, not necessarily. So all the advisors out there know what they're doing? I wouldn't say all of them. You know, I don't think I know everything. But, I, you know, I, I just base myself on my years and years. Do you years think of, you're honest? I'm very honest with my kids. Do you kids. think your price is very fair? I think our price is fair. And I, what do you charge? Uh, right now, our company charges $3,500, one-time fee, never charge the parents again. And we most of my kids I've had for, you know, five to ten years. You know, most of my kids, if a 15-year-old if a signs up with our company today, he is not going to go to school until he's 21. So they have us for six years. So, but at the end of the day, that 3500 that they spent five years ago, when we do go to college routes and start getting them talking to some of these schools, if you, you know, most of these D2 and D3 schools, I'm saving anywhere between four, 40% and 80%. Yeah, but don't you think some of these parents expect you to open doors even though their kid is not a well, well, champion all, i mean well, you know some kids are very average some kids well, don't have the heart first of all i like i said i deal with all sorts of kids you know i deal with the high-end kids mid-range kids and some kids that really at best they're going to probably go to like a club team in college but there's still an avenue that we've saved kids money playing on club hockey. So don't you think it should be fair for the kid who's got the heart but not the skills? I mean, he plays hard. He shows up every day. He shows so much enthusiasm that a lot of higher-end kids don't have, given their well, privilege. It, hockey's still a sport that it, it's based on talent, talent base. So if you want to play Division One hockey, you, you better be prepared. Yeah, but Division One costs so much money. What no, about the parent who doesn't have the money to put their kid in, the, in the, at that level? Well, we that's why we're here as advisors. We're hopefully we can save the parent a bunch of money. You know, right now, like I said, I'm saving most of my kids anywhere between 40 and 80 percent. You know, we just put a kid in, uh, say, a D3 school the other day, which was 30. What does that mean, D3? Division three. There's Division one, which is the, the major universities. Then there's Division two and three. And, and there's four or five levels in all colleges. So. So, but a D D three school costs thirty grand, and we got them in for ten grand. So we saved them over twenty grand a year for four years. You know, I mean, is there any shame in going to a Division three school? No, I mean, believe he's it or coming not, coming out with a degree, isn't he? What's the matter if you get your degree from the D three or the D one? There's actually no shame, and that's part of my my pitch to these kids. Well, is, most parents is, want their kids to go to the D one, well, but, but there's some there's some. Fabulous D two and three C schools. They have way better educational centers than a Division one. So, so I mean, the kids are they just think because they hear the rumor of Division one. It's like it's like the junior level. Everybody thinks they want to play in the USHL. Well, there's only a handful of kids that are capable of playing. Now, there. what does that mean? You at USHL? 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 USHL is the top junior program in the United States. The top the, the top kids. Well, actually, the top program is the development team which plays out of Plymouth, Michigan. They have 20 kids or two teams of 22 kids. That is the highest level kids all over the United States. 
the best players in the United States play in that league. And then the second tier of kids, well, if they're good enough, they can play in the USHL. But like I said, 90% of the kids playing hockey day won't be able to play in either one of those two programs, which is the U.S. program and the USHL. But there's a, but there's. But do you respect the kid who tries really, really hard and he gives it his all and he shows up early and he's there and he's cooperative and he's happy to be there versus the kid with all the skills and not the heart? Well, like I, I mean, which way do you lean personally? I Like I said, I have kids at all levels. But, don't you like the kid that shows up and shows he's really working? Nothing's a given. It's as hard as you work, you got to work for it, right? Well, yes, you have to. But you know, it go back to the old the old pyramid of the way things are. When you're young, playing youth hockey, the pyramid's real wide at the bottom. Everybody gets to play, and then you move up a step and play AAA hockey. And the pyramid gets smaller all of a sudden. Now you're playing the best of of that age bracket, AAA hockey, which is. You know, so it's a little tighter. Some kids, all kids can't play there because they're not talented enough or don't have the right opportunity or right coaching staff to put you in there. And then you go to junior and their pyramid gets smaller. And then you go to college, it gets smaller. And then you get to the top where the NHL is very, very small. So there's only a couple of those kids. So if you start at the bottom and there's 200 kids playing youth hockey, uh, by the time they get to AAA, there'll probably be about 50 of those kids. Do you think a good coach, a good experience, do you think a good coach can take a mediocre kid and take him to the top? Well, yes. With good coaching? Yes. The highest uh, development for a youth player is between 16 and 20. That's when they develop the most. That's when they learn the most. So those are crucial years for a parent to find the right coaches that are going to teach and develop. A lot of these parents, they want to put their kid on a team that wins. And they think that's going to make their kid a better player. Well, when they're on that team that wins and their kid sits. Well, that's part of it. But, I mean, the biggest thing is the reason people hire buyers like myself is for me to point them to the right direction where they can get that good coaching. But if they call you as their advisor and say, my son sat out two periods. I get that all the time. And how do you how do you navigate that? Well, it's it's basically where you're at. Like I said, that's why the pyramid gets smaller and smaller at the top. Some of these coaches are in it for winning and some of the coaches are in it for developing. So you have to find the right guys. But as you go, there's a spot for every kid. You know, some kids aren't a power play guy. Some kids aren't a penalty kill guy. Some kids are, you know, the blue chippers that work hard, which are the majority of hockey players are the second and third line guys. You know, the goal score is only a handful. It was only a couple of kids. So I heard you say one time to somebody that you only have the puck for about five seconds. Well, yeah. Why is it so important for the kids to think they need to get the puck? Well, because they they if they're based on goals goals. They all think that we need to score goals for me to get recognized. Well, the scouts they looking at your all around game. How you play without the puck is more important to them than how you play with the puck. You know how you depend, how you play, how you're thinking the processes, how your team play is, how you are you are you. Friendly? Are you a bad kid? Do you kid? watch that body language kind of yeah, thing? You body do. language is a key. It's a key to some of these kids. A lot of these kids fall off the map because of their body language. They, they miss a goal and they bang their stick and they kick the boards and they, and the first thing a scout does is put a check on them. You know. So is that taught or learned? Is that bad behavior? I mean, bad sportsmanship. Do you teach that? Do coaches teach that, or some is that something do, that's some, part of the de- developmental? Yes, most coaches will teach that. You know, most coaches will just cut a kid if he's got that bad body language. They'll just say, "Sorry, you're not good enough for our team. Let you go." Well, how do you learn that? How do you learn to? Well, 
Let's coach that away. People. How do you learn to navigate that anger out there? Well, my job as an advisor is to teach my clients that that's, that's wrong. You can't do that. But if you want to continue to play this game all the way through, you have to have good body language. You got to be a good teammate. You got to care for your, your people. And you know, you got to be just a good person. You know, they don't, Sometimes a coach will take a kid because he's a really good kid and a good person over his hockey ability. Right, right. Just because they know that we can teach him the rest of the stuff. You know, some kids and some guys get cut because they, they have that bad body language. And they, and they might be the greatest hockey player in the world, but if they can't uh, if, if they can't comprehend play with other play with your friend play with your teammates, <clears throat> excuse me, you uh, you know you get pushed aside. So that's the toughest thing. These young kids they don't. Did understand. you think you were a great hockey player? No, no, I just worked hard. I had fun. You worked hard? I love to play. I mean, back in the day, it's different. There was only a few amount of teams. But the kids that played back then, you know, my, my dad never worried about me eating right, sleeping right. And, Do you think that's important? Well, in today's world, the game has changed so much. It's just so high tech today. It is. There's so much education. So is it important for these kids to be videoed and dissected and torn apart? And I mean, is that good for their psyche? To a, to is that point, good for to morale? A, I mean, you never went through that. To a point. You know, when I coached, I was I was probably the most lenient coach out there. The guys that worked with me told me that I'm too nice to these kids. But, but you know, I felt at my, you know, when I was coaching, it was better to get a lot more from sugar than spice. Right, right. So, so I was trying to pump the kids up and teach them and, play everybody and obviously you know in my job when the kid came in our locker room at, at the u18 level i told him we had a meeting and i said our, my job is to get every one of you guys out to junior not just one all of you you know but you know so it's going to take some process with our team because we're not going to win some games early because if i'm playing everybody we're not going to be successful as me playing the best players so you played everyone you weren't a winning coach you weren't a coach that wanted to win no we usually win at the end of the day. So your strategy worked Yeah, for we, it worked for 25 years. We did the very good. So what makes you such a great coach? Nothing. It's just that. Is we, that what makes can, you a good advisor? I think that's why I'm a great advisor. I think. You do? Because think I know the difference between, you know, not playing a kid and playing a kid and teaching. Do you, you know, think you your customers understand what a good advisor you are? No, they don't know. They, they, you know, I mean, obviously I try to sell myself as much as I can, but most parents, you know, they're only based on, you know, how far I get their children, their children and what I can help them, help them with. You know, the kids that have been with me the most get the most education out of me. They usually play a long time. Would you rather talk to the kid or the parent? Well, you gotta, I'd rather talk with the kids, but the, you gotta, you gotta educate the parents because, you know, we have some parents that are so heavily involved that it sort of hurts your children. You know, they want their kid this, this they, they, they go out and they see a kid his age bracket getting some scholarship or commitment for something and they have all of a sudden, and their kids should, you know, they so now they, they really have a hard time to put so much pressure on their child. To, to, why is that kid getting a scholarship and you're not? You're better than him. Well, that's not true. You know, every kid. So then hockey becomes more competitive off the ice than on the ice. Well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's you know, there's a, so there's a lot of comparing. Well, there, it's it, my job is to teach those people that, hey, you know, you can't follow somebody else's footsteps. Here's your son. Here's what I do, let's put our heads together. Let's do the best thing for your son, your son only, because you can't do what Johnny did and think your kid's going to get to the next step. So, Billy, just to wrap it all up and simplify, if you just describe briefly with intention, what is an advisor? Well, and 
there's a lot of different things for an advisor. But, but if I'm going to hire you, I just want you to advise. My advice to parents that are looking for an advisor is, first of all, get a guy that's going to teach them the difference between right and wrong. Teach them the difference between the different leagues, different levels. You know, introduce them to you know, the, all the schools. If, you're go if your goal is to go to college, lay out the format. Say, here, here's Division One, here's Division Two, here's Division Three. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of opportunities for your son to go. So you can't just put all your eggs in one basket, saying I'm going to play Division One. If that doesn't materialize, then we got to have them plan two, plan three. You know, and that's as what a good advisor does. And that's what I try to do is give the kids three or four options. Like it's like you know, we'll get them drafted by say a North American Hockey team. Well, I got to ask you though. I hear you say drafted a lot. Now all mm -hmm. these parents put a lot of credit on that drafting. What is that? Is that anything important? Well, it or tendered. I hear you say that too. Tendered and drafts are, you know, the every league has different amount of tenders. Every league has different amount of drafts. And realistically, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. You still got to go make the team. You know, like the North American Hockey League has 11 tenders per team, you know, and they have two of them go to a certain league that they deal with and one one goes. And so three of them are going to certain areas that they have to give kids from those leagues a tender, which doesn't mean they're going to make the team. So if they have 13, just think of this way, if they have 11 tenders and they only need four kids, does that, do you think your kids got a chance because he got tendered? No. And so my job is to tell them that just because we got tendered, it, it, but it relieves a lot of pressure. The kids think, hey, I got tendered, I got drafted, I'm going to be But do they let their guard down if they get tendered? Well, that's why if if you go on the these camps lists and see how many guys go to that camp that are tendered and how many guys that aren't tendered or drafted, you know, they have 200 kids at a camp. So if they only, they only can tender 10, so that means 190 of those kids are not tendered or drafted. And so at the end of the day, more of the kids that are not drafted or tendered make these teams than they're drafted. They think, well, you know, they're going to look at more. No, when they get to camp, they're going to look at the best players. So if your kid's a good player, he's going to get looked at. If he's not a good player and he's drafted and tendered, he's going to get cut in just like anybody else. So, but so, a lot of and, these, like a lot of these kids, they get tendered. They say, "Well, I'm going to go and play for them. I'm tendered." Well, the other nine, not 190 kids, they're busting their butts trying to get make that team. So they come to camp in the best shape of their life. Here comes this kid whistling, walking a camp. Hey, I'm already tendered. Well, that's why they get cut in the kids that that work their ass So up. the tender doesn't guarantee it anything. Doesn't guarantee a thing. All right. So wrap it up, Billy. What what do you got to say? I mean, should should every kid have an advisor? Is it important to take that route? Can I do it without you? Well, you can make it without a tender, but without an advisor. But you're gonna have to I'm gonna, talking about advising now. Well, can I'm, I do I need an advisor? Is the, it a necessary? The advantage of having, let me explain it this way. The advantage of having an advisor is I'm going to educate the family and the kids of all the different avenues to go. Most parents only know they got to go to junior and they want to go to college. So they're going to try every junior camp. And, you know, some of these junior camps are four or 500. Mm -hmm. So if you go to six junior camps in one year, you know, it's, it's, and you don't make it because they, they think because they don't have, they're not drafted or tendered. It's, it's still, there's other options. If you can't play in the North American League, you can play in the and you can play in the NCDC. If you can't play in the NCDC, you can play in the so league. There's hundreds of leagues. I, just simply put, in my head, is it an advantage to have an advisor on buying the people you know? You know a network of people that I personally, as a parent, am never going to know. 
well, that's, so that's, that's the advantage, the advantage of yeah. having an advisor because I can, all these coaches call you and ask you if you have a player, I need this and that. Therefore, you can pull up from the, your bank of players and send them to that. Team. Yes. Well, what I do every seven days a week, I'm talking to junior teams all the time. I'm talking to college guys. I'm talking to youth coaches every day. You know, so I have kids, like I said, at all levels. So I'm familiar with all this stuff. So if the kid's looking to play AAA, then we're going to introduce them to some of the AAA coaches. If they're willing to play junior, my job, like I told you, and I can't get this across enough, the parents, especially that don't understand, they only know the North American Hockey League and this league. I open the doors for 10 different leagues. So if he can't play North American, he can play here. And you know what? If he plays tier three junior, it still gives, keeps him in the games, keeps developing. And guess what? At the end of the day, he's going to end back. They all come back together to go to college. In two years from now or three years from now, he's going to get that opportunity. But a lot of these kids, good hockey players, say, if I can't play in North American hockey, I'm, I'm not going to college. Well, that's dead false wrong. Dead false wrong. So, you know, so, you know, I've got kids that, you know, I had a kid that got tendered by a North American League team. Uh, three weeks in, he gets sent down. He was going to quit hockey. Played for Beltire. I'm not going to say his name, but played for Beltire. Led them in scoring. Drafted early. He had like four or five teams offered a draft. They let him go, and they was going to quit hockey. And it begged the kid to play tier three junior. And guess what? He's the best kid on the team. He's got everybody talking. He's right now, today, he's got six or seven good universities, tier two or tier three right now. That so, really, is it okay to be the best kid on the worst team or the worst kid on the best team? It, it, it's it, they're all it, it it if you play it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you just want to play you got to play so and if, if, if you're you gonna fit it, on a other team and never play it doesn't do any good and that okay. happens all the time especially in junior you know because they have 25 guys 30 guys on the roster and they only dress 20 so you know guys are in and out of life all the time so if you're not playing it's pretty tough to you know so so he can't play in North America, go play in the NCDC. If he can't play in the NCDC. Now all this dialogue and you know, American League, NCDC, all this, the parent knows what you're talking about when you say sometimes, but they don't know that they can have the same opportunity if they play for the Metro Jets Junior Junior League, tier three junior league, that they can get just if if the kid's gonna be a tier tier three player, then that's where he's gonna be. We don't doesn't matter if you're playing in USHL or North or the tier three league, you're you're that's where you're going to be. But most kids, we don't know right now. They're they're 17, and they all want to play Division One. Well, it's not what they are right now today. It's what they put the next four years because they're not going to school that are 21. So how much effort and, and stuff you put into training and, and getting in the right places where you can learn and develop for the next four years, you could be a Division One player. Not you Probably none of these kids, all these kids playing AAA right now think they're Division One players. None of them are Division One players. You know, they're good players. Some of them are very good players, but they're not going to play AAA. I mean, they're not going to play Division One for four years. So now they got to play U18. They got to play junior, whatever they end so up. So there's a real process. It's a process. It's it's a as process. long as you don't so push you can't the envelope. jump a team or you can't jump ahead or you can't. It's a process. Well, for instance, this is what a lot of parents don't understand. Some of these kids get drafted early from colleges or tended early. You know, and eighty percent of those kids that get drafted from, say, say Miami, Ohio, commits to this kid at fourteen years old. Right. Eighty percent of those kids never end up in the school that offered the commitment. Eighty percent. 
So, but they, they you know, probably they've, those are probably pretty good players. So they'll end up at school someplace. But 80% of the kids that get tendered by Michigan State or Michigan don't end up at Michigan or whatever schools that tendered you. But hopefully, if they're good enough, they'll end up some other school. But that's just the, when, you know, when they get a verbal commitment, that's all it that's is. That's it is. It's verbal. a verbal commitment. Okay. All right. What else you got to tell us, simply put? Well, simply book. I, just, I mean, who do you work for? I work for Dave Meshack out of Chicago. He's another old timer like myself. I mean, he prides himself in the experience that he's, he's learned on the way. And like I said, we have actually four old timers. We have a guy in Boston, a guy in Toronto. Then we have probably 15 or 20 guys of, of different ages from, you know, right out of college, right out of junior. Or Some guys have been coached for 10 or 15, 20 years. We have probably 20 guys in our company that help with all of us. So if I need help for somebody in Chicago, I want to put a kid in Chicago and I don't know the coach on that team. Guaranteed somebody in our company knows them. Okay. So we work. So together. you work for a company. You're yeah. not an independent. No, nope, nope. I'm not independent. Oh, okay. Although everybody's been bugging me to be independent. Everybody I deal with is because they know I've been in this business so long, but you know, and I like having the, the support from other people. Okay. And uh, they so love you, having you me. Think you're like a little team player, Dave? I think so. You do? That's how I made it. Made in life. Oh, because you're such a team player? Yep. I care about the other people. Oh, so you're so caring. Yeah, that's okay. what it's all about. Okay. Okay, you done? I'm done. All right, Billy, thank you. We'll talk again, okay? Okay. Okay. Well, probably wasn't recorded all the time.